Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Always live on the free Odyssey app. WBMX HD2 Chicago. Always live on the free Odyssey app. center. Varsho scores. Here comes McCarthy to tie the ball game. Geraldo Perdomo. And it's 3-3. Three three. Fouled off a couple of tough ones. Finds one he can get the barrel on. You see that hole just to the right of second base and that's exactly where he hits it into right center field. These fans are getting grouchy. Carson Kelly finds a gap and here we go. McCarthy is coming around third. They're going to stop him there. Two run score. Carson Kelly tacks on two more and it's nine to five. It's another pitch up in his own. This time a breaking ball. Didn't exactly parallel. Two and two on Garcia. Here's the pitch. This should do it. Thomas in center makes a catch and the Diamondbacks have taken the first two in this series. Well we always look for silver linings. Dylan Cease will be on the mound tomorrow. Rowan Wick ready for the 2 2 breaking ball hit high in the air deep right field. This is a three run home run. Yelich with that left arm swinging in front of him. Here's a high deep drive to left off the bat of Adamas. This is a long home run. All of a sudden Milwaukee playing long ball late in the game. This was a nothing nothing game. Going into the bottom of the seventh inning. But the Brewers have scored six of their seven runs. On home runs. And this two run blow by Willie Adamas. Gives Milwaukee a commanding lead of seven to nothing. Here's a fly ball into left center. This is going to end the game. Yelich will make the catch. Higgins flies to left. It's all over. Milwaukee wins by a score of seven to nothing. And this series is all even at one win apiece. It's time for Hit and Run with your host, Matt Spiegel. Ah, yes. Welcome in on the last Sunday in August. How did we get here already? For the second to last Sunday morning hit and run show, I am your host, Matt Spiegel. It has been an arduous baseball season for Southside fans. For Northside fans, as you watch a bullpen implosion like that last night, there's still plenty of big-picture positives to think about as the pendulum 
appears to be swinging towards an active and spendy offseason and hitting spring training with some genuine optimism. I'm going to make that case a little bit later on based on a few different things. So stick around for that. Be here for the next three hours. And looking forward to talking with you. Producer Sean Sears is here. If you would like to call the show, you can always do so at 312-644-6767. Same number helps you text the show. And the text zone is brought to you by the great Rosen Hyundai of Algonquin. Save time. Shop online at RosenHyundai.com. Can't say enough good things about Rosen Hyundai. And if you call, you will talk to the associate producer who is here working today. I believe he'll be here working next week as well. Two more Sundays for him as he uh, talks to you, the often disgruntled Chicago baseball fan. Uh, Coming up later on, um, a couple of baseball topics and interviews that will take you a little bit away from the everyday. Maybe the last chance to do so today, so I'm doing it. One of my favorite people I have met in the game this year. Uh, A man I'm so excited to now be able to call a friend, a man I'm genuinely happy for, will join us at 11 o'clock. His name is Howard Kelman of the Indianapolis Indians. I'll tell you the story and all about it as we get closer. If you don't know, maybe you didn't hear me talk about it a few weeks ago, but really looking forward to that, a guy getting his big league shot in his 70s. Pretty damn cool. Talk about that later on as well. The uh, ticket guru and the music aficionado, the Wonderful man that is Brian Garza going to come on and talk to us about concerts and baseball, about the hybrid of music and baseball, which is right there in the middle of my Venn diagram and maybe yours as well. Along the way, your phone call is not merely welcome, but elemental to the very completion of the broadcast. Okay, enough chit chat, enough uh, blather, enough ballyhoo. The White Sox are toast. I can't imagine there's a person out there who still looks at this and says, you know, there's still 35 games to go. This team might put together that 8-10 game winning streak they would need. They might get hot. It's baseball, you know. The calendar is uh, all the stuff that is inherently true and has stood in opposition of what you have thought your eyes were telling you. It's not officially too late in the calendar, but it's too late in the calendar. They're five games back. Five games back in a division that was begging to be won. Begging to be run away with by either the Twins or the White Sox. And them choosing not to do it is what has allowed the pesky, reliably solid And fundamentally sound Cleveland Indians, Guardians, excuse me, the Cleveland Guardians, to be where they are. And, man, this White Sox thing has been so ugly. The torment for White Sox fans has been so palpable and and real. I just, I, I empathize. I feel you. My God, it's been hideous. And it's still hideous now. Last night was hideous. Friday was ugly. They are 2-8 and eight in their last 10 games. And some of those have come against teams that demand to be beaten at this point in the year. 
and they just can't do it. They can't do it. And I, I'm getting so tired of seeing Jose Abreu lingering in the dugout, looking out on a field after a disappointing and depressing loss. I feel for that guy. An incredible professional, uh, an amazing human being, a strong, strong man, and a terrific baseball player who is helpless as the organization flails, as the lineup wilts, as pop-ups fall in the infield. And then another one almost falls in the infield in front of Leori Garcia, the unwilling and unfortunate poster child for loyalty and allowing mediocrity to, uh, to have way too big of a place. It's so ugly, so hideous. It's enough to make me want to talk football. And I'll mix that in at some point along the way. Because did you guys see that Bears first half? That was pretty good. I mean, think about it. It's enough to make me want to talk football. What the hell, man? Every year around this time, you know what I do? I rage against the dying of the light that is the baseball season. I refuse to go gentle into that good night. Or as Rodney paraphrases in Back to School, I'm not going to take bleep from anybody. But man... There are so many of you, and, and it's, it, it has happened to me. In terms of the White Sox, aren't you just ready for this thing to end? Aren't you ready for it to be over? Ready for it to uh, just, just careen off into an offseason where you can dream of big change and maybe get some change? It is just, it, it, depending on your perspective, it is either a cursed season and the baseball gods do not approve of you and your fandom, or everything that this organization has allowed to fester in terms of disconnect and dysfunction and hiring people who other people don't want and chaotic leadership and misplaced priorities, all of that stuff is being paid back, deservedly so. You're probably in one of those two camps. And man, it, it's just, it is so ugly and unfortunate. Here's what happened at the end of the game on Friday night when the White Sox came home and here come the Diamondbacks. The Diamondbacks right now, after winning the first two here in Chicago, are nine games under 500. They're nine games under 500. But you, you look at them and you tell me which team is happier to be there. Which team is feeling more sense of possibility? Which team is playing better? And they may never get over the hump in a crazy, packed, dangerous National League West. But boy, when the Diamondbacks come in and play a refreshing brand of baseball in front of you, what the hell does that say? It's enough to make fans do this at the end of Friday night's game. This will do it. Perdomo, Rojas, ball game. Diamondbacks take the opener on the south side, 7-2. They got a six-run second against Johnny Cueto. And the Boo Birds are out on Elvis night here in Chicago. Booing the team off the field. Happened again last night. Not quite as palpable. But I'll tell you what happened last night. 
is that somehow some fans got in with a sell the team sign. Has anybody found these people yet? This has made national news. I saw it on uh, Yard Barker this morning in my email box. Um, it is on the AP wires and the UPI wires, if such things still exist. I don't know. Saw somebody tweet that it made the wires. I know AP exists. UPI get folded in. Is it part of Sirius and XM? I don't know. Is it Jeff and Skippy? Like, it's just combine. Just give me one peanut butter. Go ahead. Sirius XM did it. You could do it, too. But what's crunchy and what's, uh, what's smooth peanut butter? I, I, you know, just one company. Make it simpler sure, for me. Sure. For God's sakes. There was a big GIF recall a while ago. A whole bunch of GIF enthusiasts had to skip over to uh, Skippy. It must have been rough for them. We'll have to ask Pat Hughes what he thinks. Yeah, he's the king. That's a good question. Do we know for sure if Pat is a Jif or a Skippy guy? I think he had Skippy that one time he had peanut butter in the okay. booth. Okay, right. look, who knows? We, we have to stop this. This is serious business, Sean. We're talking about wishing for the end of a baseball season. What the hell, man? What kind of season do you have to be to make me wish for your end? Now, the thing is, um, I'd be happy still watching uh, some of the Cubs, the way that they play, the way that Ross manages, um, the way that some of these young players, including Nico Horner, are stepping forward uh, in Hap and, and others, watching Drew Smiley pitch, wondering if he's going to re-sign, um, which he very well could, seeing Justin Steele like he was. I'd be happy watching that. And Lord knows I'd be happy watching around the game, looking all around MLB. That's me, and I'll never stop. Cardinals and Braves last night. I saw someone tweet that Pujols was up down 5-4 in the ninth against the lefty A.J. Minter in St. Louis. I'm like, let's go to the MLB TV app. I went and I saw him line out at like 109 miles per hour. But there's good baseball available. It just sure as hell isn't on the south side. So the booze the other night. And, and loud boos that Tony LaRusso was forced to respond to and actually was fairly circumspect and had good perspective on it. Longtime guy. Maybe had some time to think about it. It was fine. Whatever. And then last night, they sell the team sign. Those guys moved. They were in the bleachers. And then later on, they were right behind the batter in the right field batter's box. How do you let them get down there with that sign? Must have folded it up, put it in their pants or something. Ushers sleeping on the job. That can't be a good feeling for friend of the show, Brooks Boyer, for others to see a sell the team sign that makes it into the broadcast because it's right over the shoulder of a hitter in the right-handed batter's box, and then it's everywhere today. And, and sadly, it's an understandable message because I, I've got something for you later on in the hour. Um, it's a hypothetical off-season shakeup that I think is, is plausible and maybe even probable for this upcoming White Sox off-season just from some stuff that I'm hearing, some intel, some thoughts – and I want to know how it would make you, the Sox fan, feel. Because I don't know if it would really change things. 
in terms of how it feels, and I don't know how much it would change things in terms of how they operate. There's always a chance, but I don't know. So we'll get to that a little bit later on. But my God, you know it's over. You have to admit that it's over, and it is rough out there. Booing the team as they come off the field Friday. Booing more. A sell the team sign. Pop-ups dropping. Relays being slow with newish guys. A.J. Pollock, man. You're out there in center field. You know what to do. Wheel and fire. You know why he doesn't wheel and fire quickly? Because he's not sure where people are going to be. Because they suck at that stuff. Because they're poorly coached. And the players themselves have executed poorly and nobody has taken the bull by the horns to get the fundamentals right. When A.J. Pollock takes an extra step as he's spinning around, wondering where the cutoff man is going to be, yeah, he's unfamiliar with Elvis Andrus, but you got to have a way that you do it. So he takes that extra step, and then he does find Andrus and, and hits him, but it's kind of slow. And then Andrus turns... And he doesn't make a great throw home. It bounces and a run scores behind the new catcher, Carlos Perez. And you're like, man, that is just not crisp. That's not what you do. And we've seen it all year long. 312-644-6767. They almost rallied in the eighth. Romy Gonzalez, a big hit. Jose Abreu, a big hit. And Eloy, very nearly a game-tying home run. They almost had the chance to slug their way past the ugliness, which frankly is what they did last year. But the slug is not happening. Hasn't happened all year. Maybe some of it is the ball. Some of it is the health of the players. Some of it could be the hitting coach and the overall approach. The ground ball rate is way too high, as has been pointed out for a couple of years now. This thing is, uh, is a mess. Let's talk with you when we come back. It's Matt Spiegel here with you on Hit and Run. I have that theoretical off-season shakeup, and I want to know how that would make you feel at around 940 or so. Big picture Cubs optimism at 10. Um, and we'll squeeze some Justin Fields and Bears thoughts into bump and run. I think bump and run is the official football nomenclature for the Sunday morning. We used to every once in a while turn into dump and chase when it was me and Barry Rosner and the Blackhawks sure. were winning Stanley Cups. Uh, pick and roll. It's been a while since pick and roll has really needed to break itself out. Maybe um, a big draft or something like that. Some free agency made a little pick and roll happen. So we'll do a touch of bump and run, but for the most part, it's hit and run. The premier baseball show in Chicago. Hit and run with Matt Spiegel. They came to see us win a ball game, and we got beat. And for most of the game, I mean, the lopsided, right? They have every right to be upset. The team, manager, whatever they were, I mean, they got every right to do it. But I'm just saying, the fact that they were here, and they did say, let's go White Sox, there's amazing, amazing fan support here. And I've got plenty of experience. But there ain't no free lunch, you know. It's a two-way relationship. They support you, you got to give back. So we got to do, do more about giving back. Hey, that's sensible stuff there from Tony La Russa about booing. Damn right, it's your right to boo. Pay money. You want to go. You want to get away from, uh, from your life. Enjoy some baseball. If a team plays poorly, if you feel like there's not effort, if you're disappointed and all of that, let them have it. 
you go. And boy, the fans sure have. This has been incredibly ugly this season, and we're talking about it with you here on Hit and Run. Matt Spiegel with you here on 670 The Score. And there's uh, several different texts that have come in. Um, I was about to text. I'd rather just they just blow the season than somehow squeak in. This team needs a new leader. Zero energy when I watch them. I was at the Sox game last night. The fans with that banner sell the team. It was eventually taken away by security. This is the worst season of my life. (laughs) Oh, Tyler. Tyler in Spring Grove. I don't know how old you are, Tyler. Here's the funny thing. You could be 25, 27, not have many seasons in your life. You could also be 60. I don't know. Are there 60-year-olds named Tyler? Probably not many. But if you're a 60-year-old named Tyler in Spring Grove and you told me this is the worst season of your life, I'd buy it. That's how bad it is. That's how bad it is. Got a theoretical shakeup I want to offer to you later in the hour, and we'll see if you, the Sox fan, are swayed by that possibility. First, we go to the phones. Ron is on the south side. Ron, are, are you ready? You ready to say it? Are they toast? I, look, October 5th. Let's get this over with, Speak. Yeah. This is, yeah, I, I've been a Sox fan over 55 years. They've had some bad teams, but this is the ugliest. This is the ugliest White Sox team that I, that I've seen. And you know the thing about it, Speed? You know, you you can look at these. I'm going to be listening to some ideas you come up with because it's such a big mess. I, I don't see how they're going to straighten it out. So, but but you know, I'm like you. I just I love the game, so I'm so I, I can just do it out them. Uh, actually, I'm enjoying Atlanta. Atlanta is the hottest team in baseball since. Uh, June first, mm-hmm. and I like the teams that will, will possibly be going to um, the playoffs. Wild card team, Seattle's playing. You know, some nice. Uh, it's, the term you're hearing about, about these teams, speak. They're playing some clean baseball. But but lastly, the most embarrassing thing: a team that comes in in your ballpark, team that's close to ten games under five hundred, embarrass you, yeah. embarrass the White Sox. So they need to be booed. They need to. So that's it. I can keep going. But again, man, I'm I, I'm just looking forward to. Uh, and you know what? They don't even need to be close to playoff wild card division. They are an absolute embarrassment. I'll talk to you next week, Speed. Thank you, Ron. Appreciate you. I love talking to Ron. The White Sox are six games back of the wild card. The wild card teams right now are Tampa Bay. They just keep rolling on and do what they do. The Blue Jays, who are truly great when George Springer is healthy and atop that lineup. They can be truly great. And they've got some big pitcher, big pic, big pitchers, excuse me, at the front. They're absolutely capable of powering their way through the postseason and getting to the World Series. Seattle is fun, man. And Seattle is the third wild card, actually tied with Toronto for the second and third wild card. Hot on their trail is the Baltimore Orioles at one and a half games back, playing obviously a very exciting and young, peppy version of baseball, as you have seen. After that, it's Minnesota four games back, the White Sox six games back, the Red Sox are seven games back. They're toast. I do believe the White Sox are toast. Calendar still says they can, but I'm out. I'm out. I mean, I was out. 
on them as a division winner a while ago. But, man, they fooled me. They fooled me for a little while up top. And then the Twins fooled me, too, I admit. And I should have just looked at, hey, which team plays the cleanest brand of ball? Which team, like, I'll never forget, when I think about this season, I actually think about a moment when I was uh, doing pregame and postgame for the Cubs, and I was in the booth for a doubleheader against the Mets. And I remember watching the Mets that long, long day and being like, man, look at them. Eduardo Escobar over there at third diving for balls. Pete Alonzo digging balls out in crucial ninth inning situations. Taiwan Walker pitching well. Then Max Scherzer dominating. Any number of different hitters who could step up. A collective, a collective vibe of positivity and just making every play that they needed to make. That's good baseball. And last year, the White Sox won the division without playing that kind of baseball. They didn't. You remember? They weren't good defensively. They weren't good on the base paths. They weren't good fundamentally. And it cost them in the postseason. They were exposed. Cleveland has played most consistently in terms of that kind of winning baseball all year long. And... I, I, I should have trusted it more and see it. I mean, I, I did see it, but I thought, man, they just don't have enough pop. They don't have enough power. They're, they're not going to be able to, uh, to withstand the more talented teams. But you play that way with consistency. You manage your ass off, which they do. Could end up winning a division, and that's what they're going to do. Let's go back to the phone lines. This is Lozano on the south side. Lozano, thanks for calling. You're on Hit and Run. How are you? Sorry about that. Go Hello. ahead. Yes, sir. Yes, Mr. Spiegel. Thanks for having me. Um, I wanted to make a comment. If they would have kept Nick Madrigal and Rodon, maybe this wouldn't have happened, buddy. I mean, I'm so disappointed. I've been a White Sox and a Cubs fan all my life, all 50 years of my life. I've been a fan of these two teams. But the White Sox, I really had them winning the division. I I just don't have any more words to say. Thank you for having me, buddy. Thank you, Lozano. Um, I don't know that Madrigal would have made a a big difference. He uh, wasn't even healthy and not performing. Now he's playing pretty well. He's doing okay for the Cubs uh, for the most part. This contact has been largely the same. Uh, Rodon, we could talk about. Here's here's something, okay? You know, I got this text earlier, and I was ready um, to talk about it anyway, but I got a text that says, you know, Tough to win these games. Where is it? It was Disco Demolition Um, Dave. Kind of tough to win when there are five replacement players in the starting lineup and a replacement pitcher starting. So let's talk about that pitcher. Let's talk about Davis Martin. Let's talk about putting Davis Martin out to start a game when you have 36 games left and you're fighting for your life. Let's talk about that approach. Talk about the approach to starting pitching depth that has gone on. It's one thing to talk about free agents in the offseason and roster construction. It's another when your manager does not 
have a strategy that matches what your lo- your roster could potentially be. The ideological mismatch of this entire season has been incredibly frustrating, hasn't it? You see Tony use guys just in a way that can't possibly be what the front office has designed. Or if it is what the front office has designed, then, then the entire organization is out of step and not there with modern baseball. For instance, Renato Lopez has been very good this year, and Renato Lopez for the last couple years has shown that he is a malleable arm and could be used in any number of ways. And the role that I thought he was going to have, the role that he would have on a good team, is that of a bulk reliever, able to go two innings just about every time he's out there. Boy, what a malleable young arm, guy willing to do anything. It was figured it out. Every once in a while, so able to go two innings whenever you need him. Every once in a while, he could go three. You need him to go four? Okay, then you give him a couple days off. And then he comes back and he's ready to go. And when all of a sudden something arises, like say a Michael Kopech injury and you need a spot start or two, Reynaldo Lopez is that guy. He just, wherever he is in his rest plan, oh, this will work perfectly. Let's rest him two more days, then we'll start him. He'll give us four. Maybe he'll give us five. Or if he only gives us three, we can piece together after that. But anyway, he's a bulk guy. Teams have this guy. Now, modern teams. For instance, you could, as an opener, go against a really good left-handed lineup with like Tanner Banks, something like that. Let him do the first inning or the first four outs or five outs, whatever. And then here comes your bulk guy, Reynaldo. He'd take you into the fifth, maybe even the sixth, depending on how you work out. This is a modern bullpen role. Reynaldo Lopez instead has been used as a one-inning guy almost all year long. And it is a horrific waste of an opportunity for how to put together a modern bullpen, in my opinion. Ronaldo and Vince Velasquez should be those guys who are ready to go bulk. But no, Tony is a one-inning bullpen usage guy. This guy gets this inning. This guy gets that inning. This guy gets this inning. At least Ronaldo has been established as like that middle closer who comes in first one out of the pen, the fifth or the sixth usually. But I can't tell you how many times I've seen him used one inning and I'm like, why are you asking somebody else? Why are you asking then somebody else to be good? What if he's not good? Ronaldo was already good. Just let him stay there. What are we doing here? If Ronaldo's in that role, okay, in the bulk role, if you're thinking about it that way, maybe the front office doesn't have to think about, you know, we need more. We need another good one-inning guy. And they don't go out and spend for Joe Kelly. Don't go out and, and spend against nobody. They bid against no one for Joe Kelly. Because Tony needs guys like that. He needs a big pile of one-inning guys. And then you end up with all these different one-inning guys, and and then their health was an issue because some of them can't go back-to-back. But, like, he was a bullpen guru in 1989, and he has adjusted a little bit, and he had adjusted in St. Louis. But the way it's run now, the way to do it now, he he doesn't ideologically fit the modern game. And that's just one guy and one usage, and the domino effect that it has all throughout the bullpen and the roster. It makes me crazy. It's hard to think logically with this team. Let's go to uh, Mark in South Bend, who's on the score on Hit and Run. Good morning, Mark. Hey, good morning, Spigs. I, I agree the White Sox are toast now. And at the end of the year, Lelusa and uh, Reinsdorf would say just too many injuries, too many injuries. And the thing of it is about this, the sign, I didn't see the game last night about sell the team. Yeah, I think five years ago would have been the optimum thing. He owns about 16%, uh, Reinsdorf, and you could have got it for about $220 million. I don't know. 
I heard he sold he sold off more interest in the team, but the team at a value because of baseball made is maybe closer to now four hundred million or five hundred million. His percentage of ownership and his partners that would sell out, and you would find your own partners in that. So, uh, and the only uh, I think decent uh, asset left in that whole front office is Rick Hahn, and he might sell somewhere else. He might be given an offer somewhere else. I don't know how his current contract works out. Uh, if someone can make him an offer and buy him out. Yeah, I don't know. You know, those those are details that are above my pay grade, above my understanding. I've certainly dug around and tried to have some knowledge of it. What I do know is that it feels like even a shakeup, a theoretical offseason shakeup, would not change that much, in my opinion, because of the ownership and the the split loyalties and because of the complicated power structure. Texters uh, getting back in. Tyler, Tyler is 27. Most frustrating season of his life. Tyler's 27. Another texter says, I'm 48, and Tyler's absolutely right. Most frustrating season of my life. Okay. Here's another one. I'm 74. Been going to White Sox games for 64 years. Worst season of my life. And my name is not Tyler. Damn it. I, I need a 60-year-old person named Tyler. Okay? If you know one out there, have them call, especially if they're White Sox fans. But even if they're not, I'm just curious if they exist. 312-644-6767. We'll keep taking your phone calls. Ty, uh, Tony LaRusso was a bullpen guru, says a texter. Even before Tyler in Spring Grove was even born. That's absolutely true. Keep it right here on Hit and Run with Matt Spiegel. The premier Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Baseball show in Chicago. Hit and run with Matt Spiegel. I'll tell you before, you know, the worst thing you can do is get frustrated and depressed, discouraged, get angry, do something about it tomorrow. That's the message. Get some adrenaline pumping and get back to even. That's the manager. He's not the only problem, but he has exposed all the problems, hasn't he? The way that it works, you're like, oh, man, that's not what Rick wanted. Who wanted this? Oh, yeah, Jerry wanted it. It's golden rule, said Paul Konerko on these very airwaves. Back when it happened, he who has the gold makes the rules. So Jerry um, gets his manager, and this team is not given that final, perfect presence in the dugout and in the clubhouse that shows them how to win. They're given a guy who used to be great at this job and is not as up-to-date as he could be and has not reached these players on a personal and human level, which matters more now than ever before. Because players 
are more emotional. They're more open. They're um, they want their feelings to be heard. Used to say it was millennials or whatever. It's like it's just it's it's just a progressive um, emotional maturity that some old schoolers will not like, but because it feels perhaps like coddling. But the point is, you really got to talk to these people and try to connect with these people. And it's just, it's a really bad fit. It's a really bad fit. So it's not all on him. It is on the org. All right, here's the, look, I told you we're going to get to some Cubs optimism next hour, and we will. But I also want to get to some Justin Fields just because it makes me feel good. And we'll turn it a bump and run a little bit towards the end of this, uh, this hour. But we're going to continue with your White Sox calls and your White Sox conversations because this is a moment. We've reached a moment where I don't think there's anybody left who says, oh, yeah, they could still do this. I, I haven't seen anybody. I haven't talked to anybody. I think they're just toast. So imagine this. Imagine a new general manager from inside the house. The call is coming from inside the house when a stranger calls. These tea leaves have been there. I've never been more emboldened on, on, on who that person would be after the release of the information of Project Birmingham, the way that everyone's talking about it. Imagine, if you will, um, Rick Hahn, still employed by the team, but not as the general manager anymore, either as a special assistant or a vice president, executive vice president, I don't think Kenny Williams retires in this scenario. I, I, I don't know. But Rick Hahn, no longer the GM. Chris Getz, given the reins. And Chris Getz greets you, the White Sox fan, and says a lot of things that you believe and, and, and will welcome, which is we need to be better fundamentally. We need to prioritize defense. We need to do all the little things. It's got to start towards the bottom. But we will. We need to deliver players to the big league club that know how to do it. We'll try to sort out this roster right now and become better on, on the big league level. But at the same time, we're going to concentrate on the system and, and doing what we can do to deliver better. It says that, those kinds of things, right? And the manager also takes a special advisor role and says, you know, it just didn't work out. It's too bad. He says, I, I really wanted more than anything to bring a title. It'll be, it'll be a sad thing to live with. I know I gave it my all. And I love this organization. I want to thank Jerry. I thank everybody. And the manager goes upstairs. And Chris Getz, the new general manager, hires A.J. Pruszynski as your manager. Again, within the family, it's not as bad as going to get Robin Ventura, who was raking an infield uh, in California, helping out a high school friend with coaching. But it's a guy who is a national broadcaster and has a fiery temperament, first-time manager, but should be, theoretically, a modern thinker and would light into people, would hopefully get people to be accountable. There's been no accountability on this big league roster. People make a mistake, and they make the same mistake 10 minutes later, make the same mistake uh, two days later. Nobody's accountable. And A.J. Pruszynski and Chris Getz former teammates work very closely together and they hire all kinds of new coaches. Ethan Katz is still here. They, they, they decide they like what Ethan Katz is doing on the pitch with the pitching coach, but everybody else is new gone are the loyalty hires. 
Gone are the the base coaches, the Super Joe McEwings, the Daryl Bostons. Um, gone are some of those, uh, you know, all those guys. And that is your new paradigm. How does that make you feel, White Sox fans? Is that enough? Does that do it for you? I think that's that's in line with something that could happen. It's It's all still coming from inside the house. And I firmly believe if you really want to change culture, you really want to change what you do and how you do it, Go out and find the very best you can from a great organization that you aspire to be. Go get somebody from another org. But I don't think that's how they roll. So imagine that and give me your thoughts on that as we roll on and have the conversations. Okay? This is Steve, who is on Route 59 and now on Hit and Run on 670 The Score. Good morning, Steve. Good morning, Matt. Hey, uh, I was telling you, uh, your producer there, the first game, the first baseball game I ever saw, my dad took me to the White Sox game in 1959. I can still picture it and uh, the excitement and everything. Go, go, White Sox. And this team is just the complete 180 from that. This is the dead, dead White Sox instead of the go, go, or it's a gone, gone White Sox. And there's no life in them, and there's been bad teams. I'm 72, hmm. so uh, I've seen a whole bunch of teams. There have been bad teams in the past, but they had a, a good star, a couple stars, but they tried. This team doesn't even try. That's what's so sickening about it. Thanks, Steve. I think a lot of them do try. The trying looks bad because they're misguided. Uh, sometimes you see it and it doesn't look like they try because they're hurt and they can't run. They've been told not to run. There's been stuff like that. I think there is effort out there. It's just not, uh, it's not well thought out effort. Some textures getting in on the scenario that I just brought up. Uh, AJ seems like old school, Ozzie type. Need a new school analytics driven like a Gabe Kapler type. It's a blend. It's always a blend. Here's another. Um, Speaks, I had a dream about all this. Fire Tony LaRusa. Patrick from Gage Park. I don't, uh, I don't believe that will ever happen, that he will be fired. Here's a 2023 White Sox staff. Joe Espada, manager. Ron Washington, bench coach. Jim Tomey, hitting coach. There's a guy putting all the pieces together. Espada, um... In Houston, the bench coach for Dusty, Ron Washington, one of the great uh, the great assistant coaches, great teachers of all time in this business, is the Atlanta Braves, I believe the third base coach and infield coach who still tutors all the big league players. They love him. And when they come up, they learn stuff from Wash because you still got to teach on the big league level. Let's go to Mike on the south side on the score. Hello, Mike. Hey, how's it going? Good. Speaks, I love listening to you, man. I just, uh, they they changed my truck at work, and I can't get the score in the morning. It bothers me. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, we're out in the ap- we're out in the afternoon now, so hopefully you can yeah. get it in the afternoon. But thanks, Mike. Yeah. What's on your mind? But uh, in, re- in in regards to what you've all been talking about, uh, uh, I've been a Sox fan for 50 years now, and. Uh, this is the first time that I can remember that I'm at a loss for words. I just, it just doesn't seem like this team has any heart. 
you know, and, and to me, it starts at the top, you know, uh, 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 I'm not a Tony basher. I, I love him for what he's done, you know, in his career. But I think AJ or Ozzy would be a huge movement, you know, in, in trying to get this team to play harder. Uh, they make too many stupid mistakes. Uh, I think Kenny has, has, has put a roster, you know, in place, you know, to win. But how do you know what Gavin Sheets has if he only plays, you know, eight games a month? Yeah, thanks for your call, Mike. Gavin's been pretty good, actually. Gavin's been pretty good, but I hear you. Um, look, here's the thing. I, I don't really like the idea of A.J. Pruszynski as a manager. I think it's red meat for the fan base, though. That's why I bring it up as a plausible scenario here. That, you know, that, that, and that would be in-house, and people would be like, yeah, there it is. There you go. That would feel good. That's right. But no. Go get somebody who's done it before. Who's done it before, but, or somebody who's, who's ready to do it a different way. You know, maybe they could find a way to sell, to sell me on that, sell AJ, you know, to people. But I bring it up because I think, it's, I think it's the kind of move that they think would make Sox fans jump up and say, yeah, hell yeah. And they might be right. How about that Justin Fields, huh? How about that offense? How about that intuitive offense as we morph briefly into bump and run? It's, uh, it's unbelievable what can happen when you just give a young quarterback something simple, straightforward, intuitive, a system where he is protected on the edges as he learns, with a run game to buffer it. I have said this for more than a year. He doesn't need something complicated to look good. He doesn't. He has tools to make an ordinary offense potentially special. If you don't make the offensive system about you, you know, if you're not trying to prove your geniusness to everybody and do some wacky stuff, if you're just letting the kid exist in a fairly simple and intuitive system, I believe that Justin Fields can make that system sing. I don't know for sure. So we'll find out. But yeah, is this offense basic? Hell yeah, it's basic. So make plays in the basic setup. When defenses stop, then you counter. And if the kid is special, then the sky is the limit. We'll find out if he's special. There were a couple plays last night that we were like, oh, man, look at that. Wow. Wow. Just a couple. But more than anything, it was just a very simple, straightforward system that he looked very comfortable running, and he is accurate. His passes are accurate. When he misses, he misses out of bounds. He misses away from defense. He protects the ball with his throws. He doesn't throw it up and put it in harm's way. You can win with a quarterback like this in a basic system. And if he develops into special, well, then who the hell knows? Sky's the limit. It's not that hard. Matt Nagy made it hard. 312-644-6767 is the phone number. We'll continue with your phone calls and get to some broad-based Cubs optimism uh, this next hour. Keep it here on Hit and Run on 670 The Score.
Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.